0: Welcome to the Blow Up the Blueprint podcast, where it's all about how to use creative thinking in your business for a standout brand with your host, Joe
1: Gifford. Okay, everyone, welcome to
0: episode. Episode five of the Blow Up the Blueprint podcast and I am so excited. I have someone here today with me who is brilliant in so many areas and um, I just can't wait to dive into some really juicy conversation with Marianne Cantwell. Hello my love. Hello Joe. <laughs> Thank you for being here with me. Now you are Someone who I discovered, I think, oh, I'm going to say, we're recording this in April 2017, I think I probably found your book, Free Range Humans, around about 2012, 2013? When did it come out?
1: Oh, gosh, I think 2012, I think, yeah.
0: Right, so so Free Range Humans, your book, which has now been, you know, translated into how many languages?
1: i i lose track because my publisher Science VS, tell me i'd say six to seven i got the arabic version in the mail yesterday so As you do. on here speaks arabic i have a few spare copies
0: Sorry. <laughs> so free range humans which we'll delve into shortly was a book which i read by marianne and it was like it was this bible that i carried around with me now i was someone who had already started my own business i've been self-employed at that time for six years i was going through yet another portfolio career change and refocusing. But here's this amazing lady, Marianne, who says, it's okay to design your own career. It's okay to be different. There's more people like us. And I remember, you know, me reading it and friends of mine reading it going, oh, my God, there's someone talking about this stuff. There's more of us out there. So, Marianne, tell us about Free Range. And, you know, then we're going to dig into what you're doing now, which is also super juicy. Mm
1: -hmm. So, well, Free Range Humors, I ran for seven years and I'm taking a break from it this year. Mm -hmm. Uh so that was very much about sort of the beginner side of the journey that was for people who were working out what they wanted to do and I still have a course up around that but you know it was about what you want to do taking those first steps and really creating life on your terms and at the time I was full-time traveling the world with my laptop so part of life on my terms meant that so we did talk a little bit about location independence but that wasn't the theme it was very much about you know doing something that comes from you Um, and that was what free range has always meant to me it's the capacity to choose how
0: we work and who we are in the world. Yes oh yes I love that I love that and I you know I think we might have fairly similar stories and I you know I I liked my first career my sort of graphic design career I always kind of enjoyed it and it was one that I'd fallen into <laughs> which I think a lot of free rangers do don't they you, mm-hmm. you know you fall into something that you think is okay and you know it's great and I've got a great learning curve and that learning curve kind of ended and I was like oh that little itch that I've always wanted to scratch to kind of do my own thing and to travel a bit more and to be really flexible and all that sort of stuff I need to really look at that so I was I was kind of 10 years into my first career when I you know took a leap and um what happened with your story where where were you um you did journalism was it correct me oh
1: this was years ago I mean in my original story yeah I um I had been doing, I was working in media, then I was working in a, and I quit that. And then I decided I didn't realize I didn't know how to run a business. So I had to go and figure <laughs> that out. I got a job as a consultant, so a management strategy consultant in the city. So I did that for a few years. And I actually really liked it. Um, but I didn't like the fact I was going insane because of the workers yes. and the cultures. That wasn't great. So I'll put that out there. And so I, long story short, I left that sort of at the peak of the recession or oh, no, just the recession started, um, but accidentally didn't realize it was going to be that bad a recession. And I started uh, my own business, which then went through some changes and in the end morphed into free range humans. So that wasn't even my first business. That was something that came out of being asked, how do you start your own thing?
0: But you know what, I love that as well, because, you know, both of us have had that path of of leaving to do something, like, and mine was very much around that recession time as well. It's like, okay, here we go. Mm. And, you know, each each kind of iteration of of my career has led to the next bit, and each one has been a, a kind of exploration so it's like right I'm going to do travel writing for a bit I'm going to be blogging I'm going to be over here teaching I'm going to be doing this that and the other and every piece of it has, has been an exploration that's taken me to the next point and let's delve into some of your recent work which is really exciting so you recently did um, a TED talk which is phenomenal and is racking up views mm. as we speak which is the hidden power of not always fitting in let's talk about that mm, let's talk about that yes where
1: shall I start, Jo?
0: Start with, okay, so where was your TED Talk? What was the inspiration behind it? Why okay. did you feel that you wanted to talk about?
1: Well, I'll tell you, tell you a little bit about it. Well, uh, little history of this. I had been asked to do TED Talks several times. And I've always said mm. I didn't want to do them. And I had a few reasons for that. But one of my big reasons was I was, felt that the Free Range Humans brand has, for a while, been a little bit more beginnery than I'm comfortable with Okay. handling so I don't even you're the only person I haven't stopped on an interview when you asked me about the brand I've <laughs> said we're starting again but I trust you and I love your audience so I I know these guys will totally get the people evolve. So I think I, it's I, relevant I think that, to leave that yeah. in there yeah so I decided to move on from the French humans brand uh, and take a bit of a break from it not because I don't love it it's a great name it's got great things and it's had amazing people but because there I think there comes a time in all of our careers whether those careers or jobs or businesses where we have to look at what whether what we have created for ourselves is letting us grow or yes. whether it's becoming a bit of a box, no matter how beautiful and wonderful that box is. And free ange humans had become that box for me. Yes. And the thing was the worst thing was I it took me years Joe to admit that because mm. I could make that business into anything I wanted. I was mm. working from anywhere. I switched business models several times. So I had a business that I barely had to administer that mm. I could show up. I had a, a membership, so I could show up once every three months. Great members. I had a great support team. You know, thriving income. I had the, the business model everyone was trying to get. Yes. I had it. And so I kind of hated myself. for The fact that I was sitting there going, you don't even have to show up. Why do you care? Mm. And a little bit of me realized that this sounds really bad. No matter how many times I had people say, yes, but, you know, why does why this bother you that it doesn't feel like you? Like you stand behind what you do and you don't even have to run it so you can go and do your other projects. But I was like, actually, there's a bit of an energetic pull when you're yes. involved. You know what I mean? You're still oh, got. Yes. And, and every time I'd be interviewed, I'd have to talk about how I quit my job, which was years ago. That's mm. not me anymore. And people would mm. say, how do you travel with a laptop? I'm like, well, when I started, no one was doing it. And so yes. that, was, that was interesting. And now everyone's got a laptop and digital nomads. So I was like, this isn't me. I know my friends are like, it feels, every time we hear you speak, it feels like you're talking about an old version of yourself. And I was like, that's what I'm doing for a living. I'm talking about old me. And so I made a call last year. I haven't talked about it very much yet. Mm. Um, I will talk about it with you. And that was to shut off my income streams from free-range humans. Right which is really right. scary because I'm choice. single, I have a mortgage, I have bills, and I don't have a magic stash of, you know, <laughs> like family income or anything like that. Like I, I support myself and I have from the start. Amazing. And I decided after a lot of thinking that I was going to have – Whereas I describe it is, you know, that idea of being in flow when you're yeah. really in the flow and that I teach people how to get into flow. Mm-hmm. even if you're already in business, like how do you increase your flow? The thing is being in flow with what you're doing is like being on a boat and a fast-running river. And the good thing about flow is you're not trying to sort of swim against the tide. Every time you think of something, it can happen. The bad thing about flow is that you're being swept away. And I, I had to break the boat. That's all I could, I just, all I could tell to my team is I'm really sorry, I have to break this because
0: it was, it won't stop. Wow well not Uh, Absolutely. And in fact, just to kind of share with the listeners and, you know, I want to really thank you for actually still walking through that free range bit at first, because we can even hear in the energy as you're talking around this stuff, like it's completely different. You've moved on, You, you know, you broke something that was on paper was working right, yeah. and, and to all the shoulds and the blueprints and the leaders <laughs> I can lead you to that, and we're going to come to the shoulds and the blueprints and the leaders later, right, but you you said it doesn't feel right, and we were sharing actually before we started this episode that I had a really similar thing that, mm-hmm. you know, sort of two years ago, um, you know, I'd kind of ticked all the boxes of the income and, and, you know, and the clients and the work, and it's, and you know, it was actually something which, you know, which which I've created for myself a couple of times, like a business model, which ticks all the shoulds and seems Mm -hmm. fine. And yes, I am working for for myself. And yes, it seems like I've got the income. And yes, it seems like I've got this, but it just felt wrong, really, really wrong to the point where you realize you've actually lost yourself again. And the reason that we took this leap was to, you know, not find ourselves in a you know yeah. ethereal sense, but just to reconnect with that essence of who we need to be. And I think flow, you know, absolutely, that's something that I teach as well. It's a huge part of how we need to live and work, right? That aligns, you know, when you know you're in your flow, when you're away from the lists and the shoulds and the noise and the trends and the noisiness, which again, we're going to touch on in just a moment. Like it's a very different space,
1: isn't it? It is a space in which the things that need to be in your life come to you. And I I know it sounds really weird. All I could say is, well, I think it's actually a practical reason for it. And it's something to think about anyone who's listening in is like, you know, kind of feeling like you're doing something because it's a real should, um, and it's really drawing on you, but you're like, oh, I should kind of do it. One thing I would say to really consider is that even with the best will in the world, when you're doing something for that, you get your main income from it impacts how you speak and how you show up. Mm. So when I would do an interview, even though I was speaking up very, you know, loudly as much about the whole anti blueprint, anti whatever that was starting to take off at the time, A little bit of me wasn't speaking about as loudly as I could have been. A bit of me was afraid of what would happen to my business. Even though we weren't blueprint-based, it was still, you know, the language was still like that. And I was a bit, I felt I was going to hold back. The other thing I was holding back from was saying, was being 100% who I am. Like I was being pretty much who I am. Like that's kind of what I was known for, for being like the person who had the heart on the sleeve. But there were bits of me I was really holding back. I thought if they see me in my full light, no one will, no one will, will want me anymore because they liked old me. And, you know, mm-hmm. I went to a, a big bout of depression a, a few years back. That's what kicked off oh. the whole change. And I, I did it. was a year, incomplete, like just my brain broke is the only way I can describe it. No reason, just broke. And I didn't work properly for a year. And when I came out of that, I was a different person. I, was a, a, I had a very different energy, a lot more grounded, um, I feel like a lot, I don't know how to put it deep as a silly word, but a lot deeper and a lot more um, philosophical. And yet I had this brand that was me before then. So it was not that my, the old brand was wrong. It's just that I have moved on. But I was holding back from being that full person. And I didn't know what to do with it. And, yeah. I mean, the practical thing to have done would have been to either sell my brand, which actually Corey could have done, um, or to have completely outsourced all of it. And I came close to the latter, but it was that energetic pull that was there. Yes. And so, to answer your original question, Joe, about the TED talk, I thought I need to give that context. No, when I had always said no to TED talks, and I, I realized the main reason was I didn't want to talk about what I thought everyone wanted me to talk about. Yeah. Everyone and their, I don't know, nomadic dog is talking about Travis <laughs> Brock. I, I'm like, it was interesting when I started, Google it now. Like, literally, I'd be like, people go, how do you do it? I'm like, laptop, plane, Google the rest. It's, it's pretty much what you have to do. And so I was like, I don't want to talk about that. I was like, people say, but why don't you talk about, like, the business stuff, like doing stuff on your terms? I was like, that's not what I want. I, that's what I help people with, but I don't want to step on the TED stage with that. Mm. And so when the week, of, actually, no, know, the month that I decided I'm closing down my membership, and I told my members, and they were so supportive and wonderful about oh. it. You know, they really got why I was doing it.
0: Well, that's I, testament I, to you as well, oh, isn't it, that so you've built
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm really lucky, actually, because that, that whole list is still following my journey, so it's, i have not like
0: kind I've of lost them. but just
1: Beautiful. So, yeah, so when I told them that was happening, one of them was organizing, uh, well, co-organising a TED event, which was the only TED uh, at TEDx which is a TED education was like the only mm-hmm. TED education event in Europe this year so it's a TEDx like a normal TED but it was specifically about education she was organizing and she said I know you're doing other things would you like to do a TED mm-hmm. and I immediately said no because <laughs> I was <laughs> like, saying no TED I was, I'm not interested she goes no I really think you've got something to say that you're moving on if you could say something completely different something that's in your heart what would you say? And Ooh. then I was, that's when I was like, actually, there is something I want to talk about. And I, it, it wasn't what it's, it, the, the format took when I first described, it's quite different to what came out in the end. But I, I had this idea about those of us who are good at looking like we fit into different worlds, like into our business, into the industry, into the, the job, into even social groups. Or if you go into your yoga class on the weekend, you're good at looking what you fit when you're there, like just about, <laughs> you know, you can just yeah. about play the part um, if you're, <laughs> you <know. laughs> When you're on, but you know, th- but no matter what world you go into, you never feel like you're 100% fit there. Like, wow. What about those of us who, when we think of misfits, we often think of people who are overtly not fitting in. Yes, so seriously.: my experience of life has been that I have never felt like I 100% fitted anywhere, and people always think that I fit, that I must fit there. If that makes sense, they're they're always like, but you look like you fit in that place. And I I realized that most people I had interacted with over the years, especially people who are at the top of their field in their business, the very, very top names, not the same. So people who represent their field, you look at someone like Seth Godin, for example, that is not a man who I think if you asked him, do you feel like you fit into the world of marketing? would be like, yeah, fit right in course not i bet you are someone like marie folio do you really feel like you fit in to the current online business world i don't think you get a yes from that mm-hmm. because leaders don't feel like they fit and actually the rest of us all of us don't feel like we fit well people are doing like big things in the world and yet we teach our children and our clients and everyone around us that the aim of the game in order to be successful and happy is to find a place in which to fit to find oh. your tribe and I was like, I have never seen a TED Talk take on that slightly complex concept of what do you do when you never understand feel like you fit, but you're good at looking like you do and give an answer to it. And so I said, I want to take that on and I want to answer that question and see what we can do with it. And that's what I did for my TED Talk.
0: And it's incredible. And, you know, obviously, we're going to pop the link below. Um, it's something that is so compelling. And literally, with every moment of watching, my shoulders were unhunching even more. you just kind of like, like, yes, she's speaking the truth. Yes, that makes sense. And I was just wondering as well you know for those of us and I certainly resonate with this you know you kind of fit in lots of places is it very common for people who are all around us who have a number of options available to us you know we could work in languages or the arts or we could go but you know we almost fit and we could squish ourselves and chop off some bits and you know squeeze ourselves into boxes is that quite a common thing?
1: Yeah, that's one of the manifestations, I think, of, of this, it, it is exactly that. When you can do everything, but what do you do? But the other manifestation, I actually think, is I was talking to someone recently who watched my TED talk, a friend of mine, who said, I love your talk, yes, but actually I'm the opposite of that. And I looked at him and I said, no, you're not. You are what I describe. What is making you think that? And he was like, oh, but I'm not a generalist because at the beginning of my talk I talk about the word generalist and specialist. Mm. I'm not a generalist because I'm really focused. Like He's top of his field in a particular business, like really big name. And he goes, mm. I've been focused on this for years. And I was like, yes, but you started this unusual business that you started because you brought in a – he works in a very artistic field and he brought in a business sense from another world and basically brought business now to this industry that didn't have very much of it and that's kind of why he got famous and i was like you are i used a word in there called liminal that's the Mm. as you know the whole point of the talk that the core of the talk is there is a word for being that way for being the person who looks like you fit but doesn't who has a foot in several worlds that world is liminal and liminal means living on the borderlands living on the lines being one thing and another and i said to him it's not about being a generalist. It's the fact that you were not fully in the, the sort of artistic type of world you're in and you weren't fully in the business world. You, you had a foot in both and yes. that's what made you succeed. And he was like, oh, I'm like, that's what my talk is about. It's because yes. it, 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 it's not just about being what we call a scanner and having lots of things. It's about which is, there's a line in it, I think encapsulates it. And it's that the pieces of ourselves that we're tempted to hide in the shadows always end up being our edge when we bring them into the light
0: oh and I love that quote so so much and you know leading from your edge is something that I've been talking quite a lot Mm -hmm. about recently Mm -hmm. because it takes guts doesn't it to look at yourself and go right what part of me am I really trying to squish into the boxes and and hide from everybody and you know how am I holding myself back in this way because you know for years in fact we might think that we are a certain way or that we can conform to either, you know, what we're told to conform to, what we you know, you know, whether it's like society or our friendship groups or our mindset, we're trying to conform to all these things. It's taken me 40 years, Marianne, to realise that I actually go, you know, more towards the um, you know the kind of introvert like you know scale of things and the extrovert I always thought I was an extrovert and I was really confused why I was having to hide away quite a lot and why you know it felt really weird to be around people for long periods of time and now you know as soon as you lean into these things which you learn about yourself and you realize about yourself it's like ah if I don't fit in I can make these things work for me in my life and my business And by listening to who I really am and what I really am, we can redesign things in a whole new way, which is very exciting. Yeah, that's it. It's always the thing we want to hide, always. Wow. We are an exception.
1: You know know this as well, but... I've worked, when I work really closely with a client, no matter if they're, you know, we're talking about this before the podcast, you know, at the moment I'm sort of working individually with like people who are really leaders in what they do. And even then, it's not, it's not, to me this idea of getting there is a bit problematic. Like, oh, once I get there, it'll be okay. I work with people at the top of their game as well as people on, on the way. And there is no there. Um, mm-hmm. Because yeah. no, matter, no matter where you are, when you work with someone, there's always another piece and I'm sure with me, you know, in a few years you talk to me again and I'll say, oh, gosh, it turns out there was another bit of me that I had been hiding away that I didn't even know. And so once you bring, the, the more of those pieces you bring out, I believe that's when your success, in, in success in both externally and, in, and internally as well, actually starts to thrive. Because it's almost like you've got these little gifts that are covered up. So it might be the fact that you're more thoughtful and you're trying to be a little bit more brash for example and you're covering that up and you don't even know you're covering it up because you've created this story for yourself about who you should be and that the other bit gets hidden but the more you start bringing it out it's like oh but turns out people always liked you for being thoughtful Mm -hmm. but you never let it actually come out enough and so Mm -hmm. only 10% of them the, the possible people liked you well it could have been 100 does that make sense like it's always you always have benefited from it that's what I think you always have benefited from it but if it's if you haven't identified those as you say those edge cases and said that's okay to do that even though others around me might not be like that then we're always working on a half steam we're never stepping into our, that a full flow state either
0: and also flow right you know I want to come back yes. to that now because working in that state, I think is integral to success at every stage. And, you know, we probably agree that success isn't, you know, like a one tick box. And once you've reached six figures and done X, Y, Z, yes. then you are, you know, <laughs> no, like it's it's a, it's a an internal thing. It's an external thing. It's a growing, you know, it, it's a growing experience. So what we are told, aren't we, a lot online, that hustle yes. is the way forward, Marianne. You know, yes. TV works every single hour of the day, like, I, know, I really want to give that man, you know, just some vitamins and get him to sit down a little bit. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but so how about so we see some leaders yeah. who are working very much in that way in the kind of hustle. They seem to thrive from it. There seems to be a lot of messages about you need to work in this way or that way to succeed. How would you speak to those examples? Oh,
1: my God. I actually would say what where I'm always interested in is the individual, the person. Yeah. And what I would just, I'd say two things. One is I I don't believe at any point when someone says you need to do X, Y, Z, that it's going to be accurate because there will always be someone else who's done it differently and who didn't need to do that. So I'd say that need is a very (laughs) nebulous concept. Um, What it can mean is at at this stage in your business that maybe you'll get faster results if you do things a certain way. So there's different things. But what I'm really interested in, is when you've got kind of past the very first stage of what you're doing, is not what is going to maximize your I know bottom line to well, for all your the, the bigness of whatever you do to the nth degree like forever but where what is that you actually want to be in the life you want to live so let me give you an, a tangible example of this mm. um a few years ago at, while I was going through the beginning of well, the, of what turned out to be a year of depression but I didn't realize it at the time because I did not have the name for it I was at this stage in my business I think it was around the, no, it was before I was talking to you, actually. But anyway, um, I was at a stage in my business where things have gone really well. Mm. You know, I'd been working hard. We had been hustling <laughs> for years. You know, I was, use, I was on the launch cycle. So I was, like, launching products, like, always on something. I was writing in-depth weekly emails. I was doing the whole thing. You know, and I'd been doing it for years. It was what I did, right, and it was working really well. And I got to the stage where everything had just taken off. My book was out, so everything was going smoothly, and you know after a lot of work (laughs) let's not gloss over that but um (laughs) thinking I was crazy but then it was fine it was working really well and I remember being really proud you know you know everyone's had this right there's a moment where you're like shit, I just did something really good you know I think I did a launch or something I was like it worked it was a good one and I was in a good place even though I'd obviously tried lots of different things I was in a great place and I got to a good place in my business income wise and there was another sort of entrepreneur I'd been hanging out with a bit and who also was at that stage and she was like wow so we've done the six figure thing I'm going for seven figures this year do you want to come with me and I remember I was in Bali I remember this I remember stopping and I was so happy where I would got to I was like feeling great and I had a business where you know I was hustling but I also had long breaks I'd take months off at a time and I just said why why do you want to do that (laughs) And yes. I, I was a genuine question. She's like, "Well, because it's the next goal." Yes. And, and that- I was just like, "Hold up! This sounds like an entire recipe for life burnout." And I was like, I, "By the way, I have no problem with whatever figures people want to get." And a lot of people don't even care about six figures. A lot of people think seven figures isn't enough. Like, it's not about the numbers. It was about the attitude. That's mm-hmm. where once I'm interested in the individual, the attitude. And I said, "I have to go think about that." And so what I did was I did. I, I think about it. I, I was taking a few months off at the time. I was taking three months totally offline when this happened uh, mm-hmm. because that was the only thing I wanted to do was take time out because I was like, yes. something's going wrong. And I was taking some time out and I went and thought back and I thought, actually, wouldn't it be cool? I, you know, part of me went, you know, I'm a very goal-oriented person. So I was like, actually, that's going to say. If I go all out in my business, I can see the path. To within next year having a million plus turnover, like I was like, oh, I, I, I'm a strategist, so I mapped it out. I was like, we can do this. It's doable. It's actually, yeah. It's I can I can see it. But then I stopped and I said, you know, I know what it's going to take. And anyone who says, oh, it takes as much to make a million as it does six figures is absolute bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where that crap comes from. Seriously, guys. I, of course, <laughs> money is energy and you do put more energy in. But anyway, um, so I looked at it and I said, like, it's doable. It's not going to kill me. And, you know, I'll be able to live off that for years. So I thought, what mm-hmm. if, I, if I hit? And it was actually a really practical point. I thought, like, oh, God, what if I just go for that, have a good two years and then step off the scene? Yeah. Uh, and that's where I thought, just do it, maybe go for it. And then I paused and I said, hold up, what is it that you want at the end of that? And I, I went and sat in this cafe in Bali by myself and I wrote out what I wanted. And the list went something like this. It said, I want to be able to, to write what I want to write because I'm, I'm a real writer, it's what I do. I want to be able mm. to write the stories I want to write. I want to be able to make art. Like, I love painting. I'm terrible at it, but I love painting. I make a mess. <sighs> I want to be able to make art. I want to be able to spend time with my friends. So I wasn't doing that enough, like real time and have real connections. I want to not feel beholden to every single day worrying about my business. I was like, God, and I just could feel sorry I was like, that feels like when I, it's the retirement thing. When I retire, I will. Mm. And then I stopped and I said, if I stopped running around like a headless chicken trying, to make my business bigger, would I have all these things? And the answer was yes.
0: Mm. I
1: had exactly what I wanted. Exactly what I wanted.
0: Gosh, that is so, so powerful. Yeah. So powerful.
1: Thank you. That, then that was it, that changed. And that, that was so when when our people say, should I hustle? The question I don't say no. I actually yes. wanna know about them because I think we have different seasons in ourselves and in our business. Oh, and, there's yes. season for hustle. and there's a reason for hustle. And if that when your energy is going as high and you're doing it for the right reasons, maybe you've made that call. You know, I did make a call. I, I, my business grew after that, by the way. I didn't spend my business down. I actually grew. I, that's After that, I launched a membership that would let me have a lot more free time and let me do that. Off the back of that, I basically made enough to buy a place in London with a huge deposit. So, you know, I did make good money and I wouldn't own the place I did now if I hadn't grown my business. Mm-hmm. So, and I did work hard for that. But I worked hard with an end game, which was after I bought my place, I'd be able to slow down. And I did. That's why I shut my business down a lot. So, I, so yeah, sorry to interrupt. But that was the kind of thing, you know, when we think I don't have any I don't think it's good or bad to to work really hard. But I think we have to stop Gary Veeing it and saying we all have to do it at all yeah. times of our life because that's the mistake. It's saying, why are you doing this? Is this right for right now? Um, and yeah. And what
0: I'm noticing in the way that you questioned that as well is so beautiful because you, you switched off, you were taking some time out away from social media and this is something that I do regularly, I'll, yes. I'll take like a month off of everything just to reconnect and not worry about broadcasting every aspect of my life or worrying about what people are doing and so, so you stepped away from the noise you questioned the motive and, and you looked at whether there's, you know, these decisions were really aligned with what you wanted for yourself. And as someone who could, you know, you saw the strategy, you were like, yeah, I can do that. And you might've felt, you know, some of us might feel pressured to go to you know, sort of the next level because, Hey, you can, and you're more than capable. And, you know, maybe it's an uh, kind of, um, inner voice that drives us maybe it's like our, our partner our peers or, or our you know colleagues in the industry whatever it is there can often be that pressure but you took the time and space to question it to say hang on a minute you know how can I make this my way and you then designed that outcome to say right actually I'm, I'm going to make enough to buy my house in London and take a step back and redesign what I'm doing And that is such a liminal way of looking at (laughs) the (laughs) situation. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was like, God, well, everyone else is trying to have a
1: location-independent business with a a sort of passive income model I shut down my passive income stream and bought a place
0: so that's like
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember feeling like what am I doing I'm going against like the entire trend but it was actually great so
0: <laughs>
1: ah, <laughs> right. I, I'm super pro passive income and I, I'm so pro travel uh, but it's just where I was in my life I
0: was like, as you say you know nesting <laughs> pro doing whatever is right for that person right here right now and I feel that that is not is what's being said enough in the entrepreneurship spaces that I see in a lot of the conversations happening, there's a lot of uh, follow this blueprint and you'll get this, this, this. And you know, in a lot of you know, a lot of people because we want to succeed, we might have like original goals around, you know, you know, sort of creating a lifestyle for us or for our families or all these things. You know, great intentions. And then as soon as you're drawn into this web, well, so and so over here says I should do this method, and then I'll be able to sort of generate that. But then so and so over here says I should be doing this. And there's uh, there's more noise every day, isn't there? We're like ranking, you know, cranking up the noise that's available, online, offline, at, at every time. And you know what often isn't said enough, which is what you talk about and what I talk about, is stepping away from it and creating connections both within yourself by looking at what it is you want, you know, and looking at outcomes and using your creativity there to you know, think of an outcome that would work really well for you that is away from the normal path. And, you know, it's just taking that step away, finding that space, finding your flow, questioning everything, which I think is so crucial right now, just to question everything that anyone ever tells you. (laughs) Question us, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, so at the moment, you know, I think we're living in this ideas economy, right? There's ideas are very much a strong currency. So against what's happening with this backdrop of of blueprints and this kind of, uh, you know, need to kind of hustle, how do you see liminal people rising or becoming more visible?
1: Mm. Well, here's the thing. What I think I touched on in my talk is that the most visible people in the world are the liminal people. Yes. Right? Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I feel like when you're... If you don't get it, watch, watch the talk and I think you'll get where I... sort of in the middle is where I kind of hit with that um, when I, in, in terms of the talk's timing. Um, I think that the, the, the people who have already risen to be the top of their field especially in entrepreneurship, are by definition liminal. because We said liminal is having like a foot in several worlds, having a slightly different personality because the only way, I think we've talked about this before, Joe, about how when someone is a leader that everyone else is looking to and saying how did they do it or here's their blueprint, let's be like them, they stood out because there was something about the way that they were or the perspective that they brought that was a little bit different to what was going on around them. Mm. That is liminal. That's what it means to be liminal. The, the mistake that's made is in the interpretation of that. Is that. No matter how much we want to be creative, no matter how much we say, I am different, I'm out of the box, there is a conditioning that starts in childhood that we have to remind ourselves of every day. And that says, yes, that's great. So they did it differently. So if I want to be different, that means I have to be like them. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. And that's where we stop being liminal. Because what happens? It's just, just say that someone wants to be like you, Joe, uh, and they—I'm sure they do all the time. Should I wish them me. every luck if they. I didn't. know. <laughs> I, I, get, I get so many copycats. I mean, even I tell you the funny thing. Like since I've been in my new website, uh, which I'm, I will plug now, MarianneCantwell.com, Absolutely. Um, so just a subtle plug there, no one noticed, uh, anyway, I went on <laughs> a <my> shiny <laughs> new website with lovely photos on it, um, I, it's
0: beautiful, it's beautiful, thank,
1: thank you, right I'm now. very proud of it, actually I talk about my photographer in a sec, because she's a, yeah. a great example of this, but anyway, well, after I launched this, I started talking about this world of noise. And like, if you look at the copy on the front page of the website, I'm not joking. Within a week, someone sent me these people who are literally selling blueprints, who were co-opting my language. And I know that they store my website for various reasons. Like I know they're followers of my brand. Who were using it to describe what they do. Oh like, I was just like you guys this is why we have a problem on the internet because when someone's like don't feel like you're saying don't follow the blueprint and I'm saying like find your own way in a world of noise and they say that at the beginning of their videos just before going on selling a blueprint so we get copied all the time uh, here's the thing they won't they won't keep doing that for long I don't think because it won't be in alignment with them um so, but so I'm not worrying about it <laughs> I get, I know, of course to course get over it. it um but when, we, when someone tries to be, just say like you, Joe, and let's just say that they are a very high-energy person. I mean, you are high-energy, but it's not a very good example. Like maybe they're, yeah, they're someone who can work 24-7, who doesn't burn out, yes. who, or whatever, and they, they come across you. And for whatever reason, they just adore you and they worship what you do and they say, I want to be like Joe Gifford, which I know a lot of people will say. And they think, therefore, the only way to have value in this scene is to say what Joe says and is to talk about doing things without a blueprint. Mm -hmm. But what if they're not that person? What if the Mm -hmm. thing that they're best at doing when they're letting themselves be themselves is to energize people into taking any action that they can take, any action at all? And that's their thing. It's Mm -hmm. not about working without a blueprint. They're they're actually, they're action takers. Another example, I had a client who is very good at system sort of systematizing might not be the word, but is very good at making taking something that has lots of different possibilities mm. about how to do something and making it into a process. Now, she was a real fan of my work. And so her sales page copy was entirely like mine. Like, she wasn't even in my field, but it was all about, there's not just one way to do things. And I was like, "Huh, your value is in you are showing people one solid way to do things. <laughs> I was like we, like, we need people like you and me, Joe, to let people find their path.
0: And then we need the people who sell
1: processes to show people how to do that path.
0: Now, here's yeah. the thing about, about the copy that stuff as well, because, I you know, I know that it's happened to you, it's happened a hell of a lot to me, either from complete, you know, copying of my, you know, of the, yeah. sales, of the packages, of the language, there. <laughs> <like> <laughs> all of it, at first it bugged me, but now I let it go. And, you know, I spoke about this recently um, um, in a kind of email to my list, and, you know, because it happened again really recently to, you know, stop, stop somebody, you know, that I work with, and... I think it speaks a lot to the fear of not knowing how to stand out anymore. You know, um, know, it's like you said, it's like, you know, well, if I can do what they've done, then they're having impact. I can just do that. Guys, you all have something that is your own, that is your magic source that will make you stand out. And you can find it by finding your flow, by using creative thinking techniques, by digging into who you really are. You don't need to try on the language or the models or the you know the the kind of style of someone else yeah and yes of course it's hard when you're constantly faced with sales pages and blog posts and all this stuff which is why in you know sort of stepping away from the noise is also really important because you can actually you know do something that's different but you know I think the fact that that still happens so often and it's going to keep on happening but it speaks to the fact that these people are panicking it's
1: like and, can I make a suggestion Joe, yeah. as well to people listening because you just just from listening to you speak I've just thought I something like maybe we don't say clearly enough well I maybe I don't say clearly enough you know when we, we're in that panic state when your life yeah. is not different enough mm. a bit of a reframe on this I feel like we're if, you're, if someone's listening and you're in that space, you're like, I want to stand out, and that person stands out, and I want to be like them, or you've done that. Often we think that standing out and being different has a feeling attached to it, like mm. it feels like being different. It feels like being rebellious. Well, I would suggest that if you have that feeling as you're doing it, you're probably not in your best flow, and let me explain why. Because without a doubt, tell me, Joe, the things that you know, we know make you stand out, which are like things like the fact you have to work in a more careful way because mm-hmm. of your health, because mm-hmm. of all the things with you. Mm-hmm. When you first started thinking about them, did they seem special or did they seem a little bit weird and boring?
0: Oh, they seemed weird and boring. and it's Weird like... and
1: boring. This is... <laughs> I... <laughs> <laughs>
0: Guys, like every,
1: this is, I actually think this is the, the problem. We we look for a feeling and the feeling is weirdness and, like, in a cool way, like coolness. The bits about you that are your best, you will feel like they're a little bit shameful, mm-hmm. like they're a little bit. Not, not, it doesn't have to be a big shame like it could just be oh but no one will like that what's the point of that it's a bit of a like a the energy is a bit like I want to see it like flicking your hand like a bit of a throw away that's kind of the feeling I get around it And I see this with clients a lot so like, oh, but that thing oh it's just that thing that will be the thing and this is why if you're not finding it, it's because you're looking for a big thing it's a little thing and it becomes yes. that makes sense like, yes. like Joe like for you I'm sure you wouldn't have been like i want to stand out so I'm going to talk about the fact that I I stay under the duvet because that's really (laughs) exciting. Like, it didn't feel exciting to you. It really does now because you've jodified it up. We're going to call that jodified it up. Um,
0: Yeah. And and actually, that led to me working smarter, to me me having to use my creative thinking skills to design a business my way and so it's you're, you're so right and I think um it also like I want to you know really thank you for being open with you know about your depression Marianne because that's the uh, you know that's something that I've been open about as well in the past i am yeah. kind of you know, sort of come out occasionally online um, you know when I felt it's necessary because I don't want to project the image or you know on any kind of online space that I sort of hang out with that everything's perfect here I am with my green smoothie here I am cycling to work here I am meditating you know by the lake all of which happens but you know occasionally it might be you know I can flare up with my symptoms my health stuff it might be like you know that you know that you know sort of depression comes to bite for some reason but we all have something, don't we? We all have something that is not perfection. But as you say, you know, when you lean into those things, listen to them. You know, my health flare ups usually tell me that something's out of alignment. I either haven't rested enough or I've been, you know, sort of pushing, you know, sort of too much and not being in my flow. There's usually a message behind every single thing and whatever. You know people might be listening, thinking, Well, I haven't got any health flare ups or I haven't had depression. There'll be something in your life that mm. keeps popping up as a recurring theme, and you keep sort of you know doing the hand flick that Marianne talked about, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, that thing, like the element in the room, or whatever. And you know, that is the thing to lean into, and that can be scary because you know, if I know when I, you know when I was starting to lean into that, I had my design agency, and um, I've moved back up to Cambridge. It was very much. Um, I was trying to rebuild the kind of, you know, life I had in London, which was, you know, very much about sort of launches and meetings for clients and all this kind of stuff. I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, my life had moved on. I had kids and I wanted to, you know, kind of be a different person, work in a different way. And I wasn't listening to that. And so it took me a long time to realize that it's OK, A, that things change and B, that you can say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to change you know the way that i work and do something different which is why you know we went self employed in the first place and i think that so many of us recreate you know some kind of cubicle like we said because we're trying to find a way to make it all work and to be successful in you know in whatever guise we see other people being successful in, perhaps because we're looking for inspiration. Looking for inspiration is awesome. And I love being surrounded by people who lift me up, who inspire me, who have intelligent conversations, who you know share the challenges like you have, Marianne, and you know, share successes and talk about all this stuff. But look for the inspiration, but don't look for how you can do that and be that because it won't be you. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. That's it, exactly. It's, and I think that the, the how, like I think we we, teach, we we often, when we're in a I need to get outcome stage, which is many of us, we, we go straight to the how, as in like I want to get this thing, how do I do it? Here's a blueprint, go follow it. And I think that there's an intersection in the middle, which is but which of these many blueprints, which of the many processes, which of the many models is right for me? And that's where you and I, I think, come in, in that middle bit which is what, you know, there's so many good resources out there. The problem isn't with how good the resources are. The problem is which of those do, is right for you to be with the person that you are and your weirdness that, you know, yes. is right there with you. And when, once you decide on it, you know, then great, go and, go and follow that one. But don't, don't do it because it seemed like a good idea. Do it because you really understood like who you wanted to be in the world, what your best flow was, not just what you think is a good idea, where you've had historical success and all this other stuff. I hope that makes sense. It's kind of like totally a
0: yeah, what I'd say. Totally. And I, I, I love that, you know, you work in, in a way that's very intuitive as well. You, you know, tune into that, you know, energy part of you, you know, I often use that if I'm booking clients, if I'm seeking you know, the next people to work with, they'll always show up in the right way. And they'll be the perfect people because I've allowed space for that to happen. And that doesn't come in a launch book, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not on like a you know, launch blueprint thing. But, you know, we can take elements of things that work, we can look at, you know, who we need to be and how we need to, you know, operate and, and create something. From that. So, Marianne, where can we find you? I already, I already plugged my website, um, which you should totally check out. Um, which is, sorry. It is, which is not okay right now, it's gorgeous. Um, and interesting, quick one: my photographer, all the photos on there are by this
1: wonderful woman called Caroline White. The reason I mention her, she's a great example of what we're talking about. She was Marie Folio's photographer. So, she did some, like, she created a lot of the styles that we see online now that have become a bit of cliches, but she was the original. So it came wow. from her. And when I shot with her, I, I flew to LA to shoot with her. She is outstanding. I, oh. I recommend her so highly. Um, when I shot with her, what I found is obviously she, she created the style so she knew how to morph it to work for you. So the way she shot me, she was like, I don't shoot people like I shoot you because you're completely different to the sort of woman I normally work with. So I, in some of the shots, I'm wearing her clothes because they're the same size. <laughs> in her, house. Um, we were, you know, her place was like my place. And we did it. She was able to see me. We did some photos. I was like, I don't like that style. She's like, right, we'll fix it for you. If you'd worked with uh, a photographer that had just been copying offshoots of Caroline's style because they were all over the internet, they wouldn't have that ability to know what to yeah. do. And that's... For you, anyone listening, when, you, when you're like, should I just be like someone else? What well, you can, you can borrow little bits of them, but the thing you're going to get known for, it really has to come a little bit more. You know, very much. I'm sure a lot of your listeners like this come from you because then you get really good. So that's a sideline when you look at the oh, website. Oh no, and the I love it. I love
0: um,
1: it. So yes, it's marenkelwell. It. You can also look me up on. Um, Twitter at Free Range Humans. Um, everything's kind of on the MaryanneKentwell website, including my TED talk.
0: Yes, which I'm going to be you know putting in the link below as well. And this yeah, you know, the photos are absolutely gorgeous. I'm looking at them now. And I was just thinking about yeah, you know, that really links to um, something which one of my clients said to me just this week. In fact, I was, I was doing a Facebook live in my client group and and jumping on with some of the people that I mentor. And um, and she was like, Joe, I love how you do things. I love how you know you're just Facebook loving us now. You know, from home with your cat next to you or or it might be when I'm out on a bike ride I'll jump in and do something she's like it's not all glossy and you know it's you know and polished and I was like hey thanks but she's like no no it's because you know you get the results you know you're you know you show up for us you're here you're doing all the right stuff and yes of course I can be glossy sometimes of course I can do the backdrop and the photo shoot but who I am is I'm able to jump on and be spontaneous and do and be who I need to be and if I spend all the time thinking about you know, being Marie folio with her, you know, wonderful set and my hair all, all boofed and everything like that, you know, we don't ever end up getting our message out to the world and serving people that we are here yes. to serve, yeah. do we? But, um, so Marianne, I'm so delighted that you came on to chat with me. Thank you so, so much. It's always wonderful speaking to you and, and just hearing what you're up to and, you know, I'll, I'll be really sort of, you know, sort of closely watching the next parts of your liminal journey, um, So, guys, if you have, um, yeah, definitely check out Marianne's TED Talk. And, you know, also let me know what you thought about this podcast episode and whether you identify with being liminal, if you identify with not fitting in. So send me an email, joe at joegifford.co. Thank you.